Hi guys, this is Mike. Um, as I was editing the latest uh, episode of the podcast, the news of John Hoover's passing passed across my screen. For those who don't know, um, or we knew John Hoover as Brody Lee. Um, rest in peace to Brody Lee and have his family in your thoughts tonight. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Work Rate Podcast. This is our AEW review, and this is our Christmas holiday episode. We're recording this on Boxing Day, which is a few days after the episode. It's Saturday, and the episode was on Wednesday. Normally, we would do this on Thursday, but uh, such is life. And uh, yes. yeah, so we're all full and happy. How you doing, Brad? Mary. I am quite excellent i just woke up from a nap like 30 minutes ago so i'm refreshed and ready to go that is good stuff i'm happy to. Hear are you that. doing all right oh yeah i'm doing well um yeah i uh how was your holidays was it good it was good i went and saw my sister we had tacos that's that about nice. it yeah how about you yeah i uh i had a low-key here um i to let people know, I live with uh, more family members than your average person. I live with some aunts and some uncles, and this and this and that. And like a in a very large house, our our apartments in the basement. There there are other people on other floors of the of the house, and yeah, so we were able to see them. This was the first year I haven't done Christmas with my parents, so that was weird, and yeah. they were a little sad. We did a little zoom call while they were eating their dinner so it was kind of funny That's they nice. had our floating heads at the table but yeah <laughs> it was nice and uh we we got ahead of it and made that call at the beginning of december so yeah. we were That's able smart, to though. all wrap our heads heads around it mm-hmm. heading into it yeah i i see my sister all the time so it wasn't really mm-hmm. I mean, yeah my parents we were going to get if we're going to get COVID from each other, it probably already would have happened. My parents them, so just moved to just... a new city this year. Yeah. So they kind of, uh, kind of made that decision for us. Well, not like we were going to, we were going to go see them, but be when they, uh, announced that it was, we were all going to be locked down when mm-hmm. in our, in our province. And when you weren't supposed to be doing any travel outside of your city, it was like, well, like, I guess they made that uncomfortable decision for us. Yeah. So I was kind of thankful for that because I didn't want to have to make that call because <laughs> that's a very yeah. uncomfortable call to have to make to I'm your family sure. yeah. that you're not going to be well, seeing them. Yeah. Well, let's hope that next year is better and everyone can hang out with their family. Mm-hmm. It should be better. Mm-hmm. I think it will be. Um, at least to an extent. I mean, knock on wood. Yeah, but. for sure. Okay, so let's get into some news. There, uh, There's a little bit of news this week. Um, first, uh, AEW filed a trademark for 
Well, they refiled for AW Dark, but they also filed for AW Elevation. And I don't know if maybe this is backup in case they didn't get AW Dark, if this is just one name that they're mulling around, or if this is the name that they have planned for the new show, which is mm-hmm. supposed to be coming early New Year. So we're probably yeah, it, going to be getting an announcement for that fairly soon. So Yeah, this, next week or so at least. This could be what that is. Um, mm-hmm. So that's exciting. Um, if it is AW Elevation, that makes it sound like it's a show to help prop up some of the younger talent that's on their tier zeros that mm-hmm. haven't been given the all have been given the all elite talent or the all elite status yet. And that's sort of where I've been thinking. I think they they've had all these guys on dark or making the odd appearance on dynamite without making them all elite because they aren't necessarily going to be on dynamite. So they don't want to put them in the same category per se. Mm-hmm. That's just my theory, but uh, I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Yeah, I lo- that's a good sound of name. I mean, it sounds like a, when I hear it, it sounds like a wrestling TV show to me. So mm-hmm. that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's cool. It shows that uh, what's coming next is coming. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. And the next little piece of news is I just saw this on Twitter. Um, Kenny Omega is going to be hosting a. It looks like. It might be a weekly show on the AW Games YouTube channel called AW Two Point Show, which uh, looks like it'll be video game related. I don't know if it will be talking about the the games that they're creating, or if it's going to be Kenny gaming, or maybe it's going to be Twitch related. Yeah, but it's it could be, be a cool. mixture of all of them. It's, That'd be cool. It's just more content, and these guys are good at that stuff. Um, Kenny's a big-time gamer. Half mm-hmm. the roster is big-time gamers. I think this will be great. They're they're really branching out a lot with these different in, in these different ways, which uh, can have pluses and minuses, as we saw this past week. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get into that. Oh yeah, part with uh, when we analyze Chris Jericho later. <laughs> okay. Um, okay so this past week I'm going to talk a little bit about just tiny little bit about Impact um, Impact did their one of their best ofs of the year so they didn't really have an episode this week they did air a show but it was all pre-recorded matches mm-hmm. but um, Tony Khan did do his paid ad like he has in the past and it was the usual where he's on there with Tony Schiavone and he's uh, saying that like, Oh, I'm here with another paid ad to help out impact wrestling. Um, He's like, I hear that uh, impact is hard to kill and that they have uh, Kenny Omega is going to be appearing on their, on their hard to kill uh, pay-per-view. And he's like, he's like, I could definitely stop that. If I wanted, I could file an injunction. I'm not going to do that. I'm fine to let Kenny appear on your show. And he says, uh, he, he says that, you know what? Anybody, any wrestlers from impact are welcome to show up on, on any Wednesday. They can show up at the new year's bash or any episodes after that. If they, if they so choose the door is wide open, which is fun. <laughs> I love that. And then he yeah, said, uh, 
makes me feel like we're definitely getting someone at mm-hmm. one of the New Year's Bash shows. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then he said, yeah. <laughs> and speaking of tag team partner or tag teams, I heard you have a lot of great tag teams over at Impact. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll take a look at them. Take a look at their contract status. See if uh, see if my seven billion dollars can convince uh, some of them to come over and wrestle for us. He's like that. That'll be fun, won't it, Tony? And Tony's like, mm-hmm. Yep, that'll be fun. <laughs> and yeah, I thought this was probably his best one of these because yeah, he showed a highlight package of all their big. Uh, tag teams including the good brothers the north motor city machine guns hogan and steels which is a good young women's tag team mm-hmm. over at impact so that's i'm sure we won't see all of them but it sounds yeah. like we might see two or three and one thing that is interesting is like half of the north is um ethan page his contract is up i believe in january so in a few days so he actually might be coming over to AEW. You never know. Um, yeah. Who knows what the Good Brothers' status is? I know they did sign a contract, but maybe there is, depending on the deal that they have worked out with Impact, maybe they'll be appearing more on Dynamite, Motor City, Machine Guns. Cool. As far as I'm, as far as I know, don't actually aren't actually working with a contract. They're working per date. Oh. So there's all kinds of ways that this could go. Yeah, I would love another Young Bucks Motor City Machine Guns match. You know it's that coming. It has to. Awesome, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Khan is smart enough to know that he wouldn't tweet that or like to use them in that footage or in that commercial without it being a possibility that they could come over. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, he every promo he says something about an injunction, and I gotta feel like he's gonna do that at some point. Mm-hmm. He keeps teasing it, mm-hmm. like he's got to do it at some point. Yeah, it's a, it's fun. I think this is this is a cool little thing. Um, I think it will really start getting going once some of their guys come over and appear mm-hmm. on Dynamite, and I think that is it's got to be these next two shows. Because these are oh, set yeah. up as they've been big deals. Hyping them up and yeah. When you look at the card for yeah, I think so too. For these next two weeks, they're they've got some big championship matches on them. So yeah, it's like mini pay per views. It is for sure. And it's set up like the uh, New Japan New Year's Dash, yeah. which is nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so oh, yeah. dark this Can't week. Wait. Um, Dark was actually pretty good in terms of some actual story development this week. Uh, specific mm-hmm. one. I actually was, watched Dark uh, with the extra day off, so I got to watch Dark this week. Yeah, so you saw Daniels and Kazarian. Uh, they were on the on Britt Baker's waiting room, and Britt Baker was mad because she didn't really get anything to say because Daniels yeah. and Kazarian <laughs> came on and just cut promos on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Kazarian cut an impassioned promo on Daniels saying that since they joined AEW, Daniels has been letting them down. He said, Daniels got hurt when they, were, when they were challenging for the titles. They won the titles, but it wasn't with Daniels. And then afterwards, every single match that they've had, it's Daniels that's been losing the matches, not Kazarian. Saying that he hasn't been pulling his weight. Saying that he's too old, that he's lost a step. And then Daniels grabs the mic and says, you know what, he agrees. And he thinks... Like, he doesn't want to be that guy who 
is uh fading like uh who isn't going out on his own terms in his career and he thinks it's time to step away and then Kazarian challenges him he's like no you know what he's like we're he's like i'm not gonna let you walk away from this but Mm -hmm. we are gonna build towards one final title push and if we lose any match that's the last match we've ever uh done as a tag team together we'll we'll break up that'll be it and i was like holy shit they just did this on dark like daniels and kazarian are legends and this is this was cool it was really good it was uh They've been slowly building this sort of in the background in on AW yeah. for a while. And even on and like, like BTE. BTE. And... Yeah. He's had those anger management issues and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they had Kazarian, Kazarian in the crowd, like even like going all the way back into the summer, like Kazarian mm-hmm. sitting in the crowd alone. Um, so, so they've been sort of hinting at it, but, uh, it's been it's been just sort of brewing, yeah, and it just it came to a head on this. It was, it was cool to see. Do you think they will do a couple matches, few matches, a like couple months of them winning, and then they'll eventually lose, or do you think the, their first match, Kazarian turns on Daniels, and that's it? Oh, that would be because I I could only see it going one of two ways. <laughs> that would be really cool mm-hmm. if they went that route. Um. Hmm. I think they could. Uh, I think they could do what you said. Where uh, have I? I would actually like to have them lose the first match mm-hmm. right away. They don't have anything announced yet, so I'm thinking maybe it'll be on. Uh, maybe the New Year's Dash Two, or not. Sorry, yeah. New Year's Bash Two, or on Dark. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to it because they need they need something, they need a yeah. story because Kazarian's been going out there and having banger matches. Uh, Daniels has two, but like a lot of the time on Dark, um, mm-hmm. they had they did have that uh, Dark Order storyline that got derailed by COVID, right when yeah. uh, when the Exalted One showed up. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they mentioned that on this week's BTE, Kazarian said something like, "You guys used to try to beat the shit out of me all the time," <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> no, that was good. Yeah, then there, there was a there's a really vicious match between Bear Country and Jurassic Express, and not vicious yeah, in terms wins. that it was dirty, in terms that they were just like high angle dropping each other on their heads, mm-hmm. like uh, all over the place. It was a uh, it was a hard one match by Jurassic Express. Another yeah. standout match for Bear Country, but like big boys being dropped on their heads. Yeah, that Doomsday device spot was that was rough, but it it looked awesome, and he, the guy seemed fine. Yeah, he got back up and rough. took the finish. Yeah, so <laughs> fair enough. It just looked really rough when it first happened. Yeah, it was a it was a natural looking fight, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, As Jr. says, it's bowling shoe ugly or something. Yeah, it was it was ugly at times, like that. But it was yeah, it was good. It was very fun. And you, I like. Do you those know what guys. Bear Country's masks are when they come it's out? Weird. I couldn't tell. I don't know. Them. I don't like them. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I thought it was. I was like, the, I mean, it's in their name. It's Bear Country's. Maybe it should just be bears. But it looked like like stretched out skin or like the Necronomicon from the Evil Dead movies or something. Yeah, it looks kind of creepy. And weird, mm-hmm. but also a little cartoonish. 
Yeah. I don't know. I, I've, I've never been able to... Under, they used to wear them on the indies, but I could never really tell what they were. Yeah. Yeah, the camera wouldn't stay on them too long, probably because they look so weird, but mm-hmm. I was just like, what is that? I figured they'd have bear masks on or something. No, the, Maybe they just didn't They're good, go. though. I, I really hope they stick around. Mm-hmm. I like them a lot. They, you're, I think you said the, they're like a heavy machinery type, mm-hmm. and I, I could definitely see that. I liked them a lot. Mm-hmm. Just big big burly guys that throw their weight around. Yeah. And they do cool. Uh, they do they have cool double teams, like heavy machinery. Mm-hmm. Like they can do, yeah, they have cool spots. Yeah, for sure. It was a lot of fun. I like them. Hopefully they, you start using them more. I think they could be really used in the tag team because they don't have super huge guys like that in the tag team division. They don't have any just beefy boys. Mm-hmm. They've got uh like all the big guys they have can move. Yeah. And these guys can move, but that's not their game. Yeah, they they wrestle like like your classic big guy, like big power moves and stuff. Mm-hmm. Big fan of them. Mm-hmm. All right, so the next thing I just want to talk about about uh, AW Dark was if or there was the usual. I believe it, there was uh, four. There were four or five women's matches on this card, which is which was nice and mm-hmm. but all the women who had not appeared yet on an AEW show like all the new talent they were all from Thunder Rosa's Mission Pro Wrestling um promotion so it shows that Thunder Rosa is getting some of her her women on the show which is good to see that shows that they are continuing to uh create this relationship with Rosa mm-hmm. um and for the most part they seem they seem still fairly green, but there is there was one there's one wrestler, Maddie Rinkowski, who faced Layla Hirsch, I believe, and she looked really good. Well, I yeah, mean, that match was really good. Not not necessarily really good in the sense that she's ready, but really good in the sense that uh, her movements and her character and her mannerisms immediately jumped off the screen to me, and I could tell like, oh, she's going to be someone. In mm-hmm. a year or two, maybe sooner, um, you could you could sign her and and just kind of shelter her a little bit. But like right away, I was just like, "Oh, this is Britt Baker." Yeah, like this is a young Britt Baker immediately. Like her look, she looks like Britt Baker, but just uh, the way her her mannerisms, her attitude. But but yeah, like right away, so like is it. I I can almost always tell, like when somebody's, I can tell if I like somebody just with it's a really weird thing, but with their standing switches, like mm-hmm. at the beginning of a match, like when when they're crisp and snappy and just like mm, I like this person, they have yeah. you can tell that they're taking not that they're not other people don't take their training seriously, but you can tell that they get it, and I could tell yeah. that she gets it, like her movements, she has the instincts already even if she doesn't have the high impact moves yet she has the basics down pat like she made the basics that's, look really good yeah well, that's how you got to start that's what um new japan does with their young lions mm-hmm. you just your whole matches are just the basics till you get those down mm-hmm. so you got it that's where you got to start and she's trained by jazz yeah so that's promising oh yeah and ja- yeah ja- for sure that is hugely promising jazz is one good. of the best ever yeah, yeah i went and i looked uh prior to the episode i went and looked at a few of her matches and one of them was against jazz on a mission pro uh 
show. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. so if she's having her face herself, this is probably her top student. In, yeah. So it's like, okay, this makes sense. And she's going to be on again this week. So oh, cool. I'm excited for that. All right. So into Dynamite. So uh, I thought this show was similar to last week, a very solid, if not spectacular show. And I think part of that is sort of knowing that they would have, it would be on late. So they didn't necessarily yeah. want to put on their, their biggest matches, knowing that they have the two like mini pay-per-views the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, I thought it was a, a good show mm-hmm. overall. Yeah. So it started with a uh, MGF and Jericho versus top flight which uh, I actually thought was a really good match. So it's a little unfortunate that the uh, the NBA crowd, they got the NBA <laughs> tail <laughs> off the NBA game, but the NBA crowd was laying into Chris Jericho on Twitter. And that's all they were talking yeah. about was his look, was his yeah. gut and how he's older. But it's like, he's like a 50-year-old man. Like, that's what 50-year-old man I, I hope I look like. that good when I'm 50, so. So, like, yeah. That's, uh, it's, it's like, it's a little disingenuous because, like, we've all seen Harley Race and Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan and, mm-hmm. like, all these older guys that we've all watched them, maybe not Harley Race, but we've all watched them and they were all out of shape guys by the time they, in, within the last four or five years of their career. And Jericho's yeah. no different. Yeah, it just happens. And I know uh, Stu Grayson tweeted out something about how about we don't body shame people that uh, don't want to take steroids. So he's throwing shade at other wrestlers that are older that still look super buff and or have like that, so. over the over the years extended yeah. their career in such a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh it's unfortunate because this was a really good match. I thought. Uh, yeah, I could MJ. I could see why. AW wanted to start with Jericho because, you know, he's a big star and people mm-hmm. who haven't watched in a while are like, oh, it's Chris Jericho. It's a double edged sword, though. Yeah, yeah. When you put out like, the they had started guy. out like, if they would have had Will Hobbs in a match or something, I wonder what the NBA mm-hmm. crowd would have mm-hmm. thought of him or something. Or really. But then he's not like a big star, so it's like people would watch, like, I don't know who this is and change the channel. The Pack versus Butcher match or something. I don't know. So, yeah. Anyways, but yeah, it's a it was a, it was good. Top Flight looked good. MJF and Jericho looked awesome as a team together. I actually mm-hmm. thought this was a good match. So if they were looking at the actual wrestling, they would see that oh, this is actually this is actually a well put together match that really put over Top Flight to the point where I thought that maybe they might win and this would start the the breakup of the inner circle yeah. or the splintering. It didn't happen. Um uh, Jericho and MGF were able to win um, and then after the match uh, Hager grabbed the mic and starts cutting a promo on Wardlow who's not there for the yeah, second so week in a row saying dealing that with his uh, family stuff. Wardlow, Wardlow's taking time off for family business and he's like well you know what this is family business he's saying we all had mm-hmm. a match last week and everyone showed up except for you um, he's a Essentially, just using it as an excuse to carry out his little feud that he has with him. Yeah. And he says that uh, Tony Khan has signed on for a match between Wardlow and Hager for next week. And I'm really excited. Well, yeah, no, I am. I'm really excited for that match. I think it'll be yeah. really cool. A nice hoss battle between the two of them. Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, my main takeaway from that is MJF. He wasn't too upset. He kind of just looked like, yep, 
that's what should happen. So he looked. I think. Yeah, he looked uh, like maybe he was feigning mm-hmm. being upset. Like he was just like, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm. This is completely out of my control, Chris. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. what to do. And it was. Uh, it's good. Like I, I like. I thought this was a solid opening segment, and uh, I gave this one four stars. Yeah, there's. Before we move on, there's uh, one move Top Flight did. I don't even know how to describe it, and it was just so awesome. Like they, I think they tried to roll up MJF, and that momentum propelled one of the other members of Top Flight out onto Jericho, or maybe they rolled up Jericho and like flipped one of the other members out onto MJF. It was. Really cool. I'd never seen anything like that before. Yeah, it, they they do stuff. It, it was just a cool spot. They do stuff that you really have not seen. And yeah. I saw like a, a Twitter video of them from when they were like uh, 14 and 16. So like two months ago. I'm just like <laughs> doing moves together. And it was, and it was <laughs> like cr- really crisp then. And yeah, oh, I can't wait. Like those two guys are so talented. Yeah. And I'm I don't think we glad that. They're getting spots, and you know, even though Jericho's getting a lot of crap online for the way he looks and his band still playing, and rightfully so, on his band still playing during a pandemic and stuff, but it can't be understated enough that how much he works with younger wrestlers and puts them over and makes mm-hmm. them look just amazing. He, at this point in his career, he doesn't have to do any of that. He still does. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's it's such a disingenuous argument because, like, mm-hmm. sure, he's out of shape, but it's like he's. I don't know. It's a, wrestling's easy to make fun of, and that's what this yeah. was. These weren't wrestling yeah. fans, so like I, I honestly don't really care. But that's like, true. They, I expect I expect people who aren't wrestling fans to make fun of aging wrestlers. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. I make fun of aging wrestlers, yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. I don't make it a reason. Yeah, to I, I just wanted to throw that out there because he's working a long term story plan with a guy that's twenty four, and then he just wrestled. What are they? A nineteen and twenty-one year old. Yeah, and at his stage, he doesn't have to do that at all. No, he does not. Continually doing that, and his matches are always expertly put together. Yeah, like what? Even if it's not can't do physically, he does with the construction of his matches. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're excellent. Okay, then the next little thing we had was uh, an acclaimed music video. I believe it was called Buck Season. Yeah. Where, uh, I thought it was funny. It was cute. There's just a little uh, diss track on the Bucks, and that was funny. It was like maybe, it was, maybe it was good they didn't lead with that heading in yeah. off the NBA game. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw some people say like if they would have had the acclaimed out first after the NBA game, uh, AEW may have had to shut down. How much they would have gotten roasted by the acclaimed or something like that, <laughs> yeah. or the acclaimed would have gotten roasted, <laughs> which which is really funny. Which on mm-hmm. like really, yeah, they're supposed to be ridiculous. We're supposed to think yeah. they're idiots. That's the point. Yeah, that's uh, that video they showed. I the two guys they got in the video to be the Bucks. Like just glancing, I was like, "Is that the Young Bucks in their own video?" But it wasn't. It was just two other guys. But they got, and I like their diss about them leaving Twitter. I thought that was yeah, funny. That was very good. <laughs> uh, vanity searching themselves and leaving Twitter because yeah. people were mean yeah, to them. Because I, I remember when that went down, and oh man, that was that was a heck of a day on Twitter when everyone was going crazy about that. Which is why you don't ever vanity search yourself, folks. Don't ever do yeah, it. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> Okay, so the the next the next segment we had was uh was Sting. So Sting came out again 
to the uh to the Tony Shavani, it's Sting. Mm-hmm. And so he comes out and he's being interviewed by Tony and he's his affable self again, which again is very interesting. It's almost like he's embodying Surfer Sting a little more than the Crow Sting. Yeah. Because this is very much how he was, like very personable, uh playing to the crowd. Like the Crow Sting didn't talk. Yeah, he just was mysterious. Yeah. It's like a pretty late WCW uh, impact sting. Yeah. It's like, they got going now. it's like he can't get away from the crow sting. Cause that's what people like, but his personality <laughs> is surfer sting. Yeah. <laughs> Which, and you know, he's been doing it for so long. Let him mix them all up together mm-hmm. and stuff. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Tony asks why he's here. And then he starts, uh, so he starts reminiscing about his early interactions with Dustin Rhodes, about uh, how he put him over, how he had him facing Ric Flair on main events. And then he says that he looked out at AW on TV and he saw Cody in the ring. He's like, he's like he saw Dusty's, uh, Dusty's youngest son uh, creating AW on Turner Television. And he's like, I, I gotta, I gotta get back out there. He's like, I have to be part of it. And then he turns his attention to Darby Allen, and he's interrupted again, once again by Team Taz. Team Taz. They come Man, out. Gosh, they're talking I him love down. Team Taz so much. They're talking down uh, Darby. They're talking down Sting. Um, telling him that like you want to be, uh, you want to be a part of this jungle again, but we're a bunch of lions. We'll kill you, dude. You're old. Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't be out here with us. And then they come. They're walking out to the ring to to beat up Sting. And the lights go out. And Darby appears in the ring with Sting. And now Sting has his bat. Darby has yeah. his skateboard. Skateboard. And then Team Taz is like, "Okay, you know what? We'll we'll back off. Better part of valor. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see you when Cage faces uh, when Cage faces Darby on January sixth. Yeah." And uh, before before it cuts out, it shows Sting and Darby are eyeing each other up. And what did you think of this segment? Uh, I liked it. Uh, I can't state it enough how much of a huge fan of Team Taz I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they just I, every time they come on TV, I get so happy. But I like it. I I like the rivalry that it's brooding between them. I don't think Sting and Taz have ever had any interaction before in past wrestling. So it's cool. Two different veterans from around the same era that never really interacted or doing it now. And it's got to be leading, I think to a blood and guts match between team Taz and team sting. That would be cool. Cause one mm-hmm. thing that blood and guts matches have done is they have been able to bring in somebody who's a little older, maybe not necessarily a wrestler and have them come in as the last member of a team Mm -hmm. and then the matches don't actually last much longer than that. Yeah. And this is all your big high spots of like in the older ones when it was like, um, four horsemen versus Legion of doom and Paul Ellering. Mm -hmm. Paul Ellering wasn't a wrestler. He was the manager, but he was in it. And the four horsemen had, I can't remember his name, but it was the guy who wore the cowboy hat. 
Um, uh, I'm blinking. He, he was right their now. manager, but he was <laughs> in it as well, and he would always be the person who would get beat up at the end and quit, and that was how they yeah. lose the match. Yeah. So that's you could do that they have done that stuff before, and I think they could do that stuff again. Like maybe Taz is in the match. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I just more team Taz, and I like seeing Sting on TV. So mm-hmm. he's a legend. So. No, this is cool. The one thing is, I do think that I think this is the third or fourth week when they've brought Sting out. He's talked of it, and then not actually said why he's there. And yeah. Team Taz comes out. They do the little thing. They start coming to the ring and then they back away and go away. They're getting a little bit to the point where they're repeating themselves and it's almost seems like they're stalling a little bit to get to the big show. I think whatever is going to happen or the first, the first shoot a drop is going to be the uh, cage versus Darby match. I Mm -hmm. think that's where we're going to see things uh, come to a head, but yeah, it almost seems, it feels like an episode of dragon ball. Or like, yeah. or like three or four episodes of Dragon Ball where they stand there and they're like, ah, I'm going to get you. Just and they just power up. up for like three or four mm-hmm. episodes, just like monologuing on each other before anything mm-hmm. ever happens. It kind of feels like that. I feel it just, it's starting to be like, okay, guys, hurry up. But, yeah. Uh, now that you say that, that's exactly how it is. It's Dragon Ball Z, like Goku powered up for four episodes <laughs> type deal. <laughs> But it it's but, good. But just give me more Team Taz on TV, and I'm happy. Though. Yeah, yeah. I just I just want to see some contact happen. I need to see them mm-hmm. interact with each other because it's like how many times is Team Taz going to get talked down by one or two guys? That's true. There was only two guys last time. There's five of them, so they could easily yeah. even with two weapons, they could still overwhelm mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. person. <laughs> I mean, I get that they're the cowardly heels. I just uh, yeah. I need mm. I need something. I need something. I, I fully suspect Sting will get physical on the second week of the New Year's bash. Mm-hmm. In Darby's Darby match Island. for sure. Yeah. I'm I'm wondering if maybe they're gonna do a little a little shenanigans and maybe like the way that Sting and Darby were eyeing each other, if maybe Sting's gonna go after Darby at some point. But maybe that'd be pretty wild. But <laughs> something about how affable sting is right now strikes me as a little bit of a ruse hmm. like the dark edge is gonna like a switch is gonna flip yeah and he's, like he's lauren darby and false sense security and then bam yeah like he's baseball he's bench. not there to help darby mm-hmm. he's there to make an example of darby or something yeah maybe not with team taz but like he's using it sting and team taz that'd be wild if he actually <laughs> Anywho. But no, I can see that too. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, just something of the way that he and Darby haven't actually spoken. They've just glared at each other. Yeah. There's, there, there's tension there, and they're they're doing that tension for a reason. Whether or not that's just the student-mentor thing mm-hmm. between the two of them. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where that goes. It'd be weird if Sting did that, turned heel. Heel Sting, I don't know. I'm sure they've done it before. They have, but ever. like very, very briefly. He doesn't do it very often. Yeah. But it, yeah. Um, okay, so then we had an MJF segment, and this was this was a cool, unexpected segment. But I appreciate. Yeah, this it. is really good. I like this a lot. Um, MJF, he go, he's in the he's in the locker room, and he goes up to the camera. He says, "I'm not here to uh, to make myself look good. 
this is just the right thing to do. And he yeah. knocks on the door and he goes inside and it's uh, Santana and Ortiz are playing cards and they hop up. They're just like, oh, sh- game over. Forget it. Like they're pretending that they we're not pretending, but they they're get up. They, they don't want to hang out with MJF. And MJF says, like, yeah, I'm not here to, to bullshit you guys. He's like, Santana, I know that uh, you and your family have been going through a rough time right now. He's like, the other day I just lost my grandfather due to cancer. He's like, I know the loss that you and your family are going through with the, with the loss of your stepdad. Um, he's like, I know the pain that you're feeling and I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And Santana stands up. Like tells him that he appreciates it. They hug. Um, Santana leaves, and then Ortiz goes over, nods at MJF, shakes his hand, and leaves. And then MJF is wiping tears from his eyes. I was like, "Holy shit!" They just yeah. It was like they sort of dropped the veil there for a little second just to give a real moment. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, it was really cool, and. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm curious I don't think they're gonna try and weave this into the story, but they might. I almost, I, I almost I think hope this they is don't. just Yeah, because it was too too close to home. I hope they don't use it as a story. I think mm-hmm. it's just more of him gaining the trust of Santana and Ortiz for something down the line. Maybe when they try to turn on Jericho. Yeah. Like, you like know, Santana and Ortiz realize that MJF's going through something similar, so they got his back now. Like when people say something's too carny. That would be the two carny, as if they oh, were to sure. use it. Yeah, that's um, that's almost too real because <clears throat> Santana's been public about when that happened and stuff. And I yeah. I remember seeing tweets from MJF about when it happened too. So that's almost too real. It's like when WWE did the David Flair thing between Paige and Charlotte Flair that one time, and that was just like that's that's way too far. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the, you get. I could understand them using it to. create a bond between those guys but beyond mm-hmm. that nothing else like yeah like that's their that's all i want from and it and, yeah. and they have each other's back yeah that's all i want from it and that's but yeah I don't, I don't want it turns out mjf's lying and mm-hmm. he just used it mm-hmm. and i hope that's nothing like that and i felt like the tears at the end were to emphasize that point mm-hmm. yeah which is cool because that that's too much heel heat that's almost go home heat if you start doing stuff like that yeah Okay, then we had a Jurassic Express versus Dark Order match, and oh, there are so much. there are a couple matches on this card that are just just like banger sleepers mm-hmm. that you did, didn't no, you weren't thinking about, you didn't expect anything from, but were just amazing. And this was one of them. This match was so good, and this yeah, is just it's a lot of fun. This is AEW at their best. Like they're really really mm-hmm. good at trios matches. Yeah. Specifically, Jurassic Express is really good. Like, their triple teams and double teams are so creative. And, like, it feels like you every time they do a move, you're just like, I've never seen that. How do you yeah. keep coming out with new moves? New ways to use Marco Stunt as a weapon. Yeah, friggin' <laughs> tra- or Luchasaurus is just, like, flinging Marco around. As a, yeah, I love that, though. Like, anytime when club. there's a tag team with the big guy and a little guy, and the big guy uses the smaller guy as a weapon, I... That always gets me. I always love that when tag teams do that. He did it to the extent that Marco hurt himself at one point. Yeah. <laughs> Marco rung his bell. His head bounced off the mat at one point after being flung at the enemy mm-hmm. in like a 
projectile swanton or whatever. Yeah. Or sent Yeah, this match was so much fun, though. Yeah, it was really good. Um, Jurassic Express obviously went over on Dark Order, mm-hmm. which was 10, 5, and Colt. But it was good. Uh, Colt's, el- Colt's elbows, since he's joined Dark Order, are vicious. Yeah. And they do some really cool uh, double and triple teams, too, where, where they'll do their move into Colt's elbow, which mm-hmm. it just you're just like, oh, Colt, you didn't have to hit him that hard. Yeah. Now I want to see uh, Jurassic Express versus Hangman and uh, Silver and Reynolds, mm. just for the creativity of the triple team moves they could come up with. Yep, absolutely. 100%. Kick pads. Yeah. Kick pads all around. <laughs> but yeah, so after this match... Um, they're doing a little FTR interview FTR with Marco Stunt, and uh, FDR comes on the the jumbotron, and it's uh, it's Tully who's doing the talking, but he's saying it's time to get down to business and let the professionals of the tag team division speak, um, saying that we're not here to play around with dinosaurs, but we will step on the dinosaurs to get where we have to be. We're the tag team mm-hmm. of twenty twenty. We're going to beat you guys on the, uh, I believe it's the second night of yeah, of the uh, New Year's Bash. Um, they're going to use them as a stepping stone, which they will. <laughs> it'll be a good match. Yeah, it'll be a good match, but they're, they're, FTR is going to win that match because it's building to yeah. the Bucks. Um, when the FTR showed up on the AEW podcast, they talked about how fun it was to work with Jurassic Express, mm-hmm. like just that one match they've already had. So I imagine this match is just going to be really good because FTRs already stated how much they like working with him. So, mm-hmm. well, there's such a contrast, but they're like mm-hmm. a contrast and really, in a really fun way. Like Luchasaurus can, can bang. He doesn't have to fly. Mm-hmm. Like he, yeah. he, he'll just chop you until you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's, yeah, not... and he's got those kicks. Yeah. And Jungle no. boy can just sell him like crazy for all the FTR moves. Yeah. And he's so fluid in the ring. It's gonna be so good. No, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fantastic match. And the funny, it's almost they've had a match before, but mm-hmm. it's funny this match I'm more excited for than their previous one, which they had in the summer when yeah. FTR was the champs. Yeah, the yeah because well, I mean this one they've been setting it up for a while too, so you have that mm-hmm. invested interest in it and stuff. I liked too at the end after um, <laughs> the FTR camera feed cut, Marco Stutt tried to like rush. I don't know what he was trying to rush, but they, they had to hold him back. Yeah, it it's was like uh, just rushing a video. Tully, Tully said, uh, and Marco Stunt, if you stick your nose in it, I'm going to take a trip back to the 80s. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he threatens <laughs> Marco, Marco Stunt, and then Marco crazy. Stunt tries to rush the Titan Tron. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are you rushing at? It's just they're on screen. <laughs> yeah, so that was good. And uh, yeah, I thought I gave the, the match and segment afterwards four stars i thought it was great it was fun agreed all right then we had uh kenny and callus segment with marvez which this is the two best segments of the show were little promos little promo vignettes and this is one of them very good stuff this was kenny and callus they got stopped by marvez in the hotel room that i guess the the athletes are staying at and they stopped mm-hmm. them in the lobby and they're just like Oh, yeah, okay, you're just going to stop us on our private time in the lobby, you jerk. Marvez is the greatest wrestling interviewer ever. He's always he's always on the spot, always got the scoop. And no one ever wants him around. 
Yeah. But uh, uh, Callus is, he's complaining that Khan lets the wrestlers run the company. They just run amok in the company. He he says that Kenny shouldn't be being being dictated to by the other talent, be that Pac or anybody else. Pac's out there creating matches, which is funny because Kenny and Callus are trying to dictate what's happening in the company. But they're saying, like, he's he's the champ. He gets to call the shots. And then Kenny is uh, he's running down all the matches that he's had with Phoenix because he has a match with mm-hmm. Phoenix coming up this week. He's like, he's reminding everybody that uh, Phoenix has lost every single one of those matches, be it the tag team title match that they had, uh, Phoenix lost, be it the AAA title that they had in Mexico, Phoenix lost. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to have a match in... Uh, in the uh, Eliminator tournament, but he got injured against his brother yeah. of all people. And he says, you know, he's like, when I wrestle you, I might not uh, injure you. I might put you out for good. I'm just that damn yeah. good. And uh, he says that, uh, he says, I win titles. You get injuries. That's what happens. Yeah. You trip over your feet. You're the guy with all the talent that everybody thinks is great, but he can never get it done because he's always getting hurt. And then he says, Don, maybe maybe Impact will take him back. And Don Callis goes, oh, you know what? He's a little fragile for us these days. I don't know. Maybe Conan will take him back to AAA. Yeah. And uh, this is just... It was really good. I like this Kenny promo a lot. This was this is and Kenny really coming into his amazing. own as a heel. Yeah, he's yeah. I thought it was really good. So slimy. He's eighties action movie villain now. Yeah, especially with his new. He wears those sports coats now. And they're all so just ridiculous looking now. He's wearing like the coats that uh, that Jericho was wearing before, mm-hmm. and he's got all these rings on his hands and it, like, yeah, and his hair's his hair's extra shiny and wet looking all like, the time now. Beaded bracelets. He has a, like a little cross necklace on. Mm-hmm. He's just he looks like he looks like he's out of the Lost Boys. Yeah. Or like a youth pastor or something. <laughs> yeah, no, this is really good. Um, he and Callus are just incredible on the mic. Yeah, like the words just pour out of them right now, and it's mm-hmm. it's awesome. Um, yeah, it's a five star segment. I, I there. wish there was. Yeah, for sure. I wish there was crowds because I wonder if people would boo him. Still, I, I doubt it. It's hard to boo Kenny Omega nowadays, but. I wonder how it, the crowd reaction would be to him. I feel like it would be ha- it would happen like Chris Jericho when they were wanting to cheer Chris Jericho and Chris mm-hmm. Jericho was able to look at them and sort of give them like a winking comment and then they'd be like right boo like yeah, right, right. I forgot. True. You're right. You're the You're the heel. He'd be like, "Oh, shut up, you stupid marks." and then they'd start booing him. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And then eventually when he wrestles Hangman, I could see him going the crowd just totally turning on him because Hangman's going to be such a big baby face by the time that comes well, around. Kenny right now is not the cool, cleaner Kenny that we had no. in New Japan He's just that you bag. wanted to cheer for. This is this mm-hmm. guy's a shit. Yeah, <laughs> like he, this guy's yeah. not a nice guy. He's like he's the type of guy you don't want to hang out with. Cleaner Kenny, mm-hmm. you'd be like, ah, oh, he's kind of he's kind of cool. 
this yeah, isn't I hang out and play video games with him. Yeah, this isn't a cool but, character. This guy, there's nothing cool about this character. This is a <laughs> guy who thinks he's cool. Yeah. Okay, then we had Butcher versus Pack, which I thought this was a good match. Not a great match, but a good one. And I think part of that is I think they're starting to sort of similar to the Sting stuff. They're going to the well too many times with the Kingston on commentary. Yeah. Stuff where he's arguing with Tony and Excalibur on commentary. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's to the point where it's getting distracting. Yeah, I know what you mean. And as much as I love hearing Kingston talk, you're right. Mm-hmm. If they they do it too often. It's like, if he came out in commentary, sometimes I didn't always argue with him. Mm-hmm. It'd be fine. Mm-hmm. It's like but three yeah, times in a row it's now. It's the same. Mm-hmm. It's three times. It was it was really cool and unique the first time they did it, and then the second time it's okay. They're doing it again, and now this time it's like oh, mm-hmm. now it's just a it's getting a little distracting. The uniqueness yeah. is gone, so the chaoticness of the of the match and the broadcast doesn't feel rewarding like it did the first time. Yeah. Yeah. But good match. Um, they did the butcher had a new look butcher had the mariachi look. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I liked it, but I don't know where that came from. No, it's odd. (laughs) It's odd. I don't know if it's supposed to be like a shot against, um, the Lucia brothers or something. Uh, maybe I don't know. Uh, it's cool. Though. It looks Mexican. It looks Mexican inspired. Inspired, yeah. So maybe that's it. But uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, no, this is a good match. They really emphasized the weight class disparity between the two of them. That as mm-hmm. good as Pac is, he's facing a guy who's about three times his size. Yeah. So no matter how much offense Butcher ate, he would. He's one move away from decapitating pack because he's yeah. just that much bigger than him even though pack is the superior wrestler between the yeah. two for sure and, and just pack trying to chop him down the whole match and mm-hmm. butcher would just kind of swat him off like a fly yeah just eating kicks eating mm-hmm. so many kicks and strikes and like a uh, pack just outsmarting him the whole time going outside waiting for Butcher to go outside, and then he runs back inside, and then when Butcher comes in, he gets kicked in the face. Like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Butcher, because of his size, got the upper hand at one point and was about to win the match, but then Kingston is yelling at him from the announce booth, yelling at yeah, him, distracts like, him. finish him, finish him, Butch, faster, faster, finish him, and Butcher's getting distracted, and he's looking over <laughs> at the commentator booth, and Kingston's getting more animated, angrier. He ends up leaving the booth, like trying to yell at him. And then Archer comes out of the back and chases Kingston back to the booth. And at this point, uh, Butcher's turned around. He's like, what's going on? What's, what do you got? And then uh, he turns around, Pack kicks him in the head, um, knocks him down, and then is able to hit him with the Black Arrow. The Black Arrow's back. That's the first time we've seen it in a while. Yeah, as I say, he hasn't won a match with that in a long time. Mm-hmm. Not He's been since, using that submission. Uh, not since he was abroad, or since before he yeah. was abroad. So he hits him with that for the one, two, three. Um, it was good. I think that I just think they need to need to change up this dynamic a little bit. Something I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the uh, the formula of Kingston on commentary arguing with Shivoni. It just feels like we're repeating ourselves a little bit. It's just 
Yeah. Kind of, kind Jason of... hasn't wrestled in a while either, so mm-hmm. he needs to step in and fight someone in this feud. Yeah. Um, to keep things going. It's almost similar to the Sting thing. It feels like mm. we're repeating ourselves a little bit. Yeah. Maybe they're just in a holding pattern, maybe mm-hmm. more during holiday bash yep. or dip. What are they called? Yeah. New Year's bash. It's sort of like they didn't want to have a big event happening on this one, knowing that it was going to be late at night and that their viewers mm-hmm. would be lower. Yeah, because this is the this is the last thing I watched that night, and then I had to go to sleep to get ready for work. But I had to watch the rest of the next day. But this is where I had to tap out. It was already it was like eleven o'clock past eleven my time mm-hmm. when I was watching it. So I was like, oh, I got to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was dead tired. I was mm-hmm. dead tired when this came on. Yeah, so uh, three and a half, good. Um, yeah. It's weird to two pack matches in a row. I've said they're good. So I'm waiting for the pack match where I'm like, that was great. Yeah, well, right now he's it's all just been more story. Yeah, and he's also facing the, the underlings. Eventually yeah. he's going to face Kingston, and he's going to face Archer, and that's going to be awesome. Yeah, I can... Man, Archer versus pack match would be cool because when i went to uh the first night of the g1 when they came to dallas texas last year yes last year he wrestled will osprey and that match was so good it was just will osprey flying around the ring for him and archer would just do all his big power moves it it was awesome match so i can't wait to see him versus Pac. it'll be really cool yeah Mm -hmm. and i was really really i'm really looking forward to seeing pack versus kingston because they both have the heavy Japanese influence. Yeah. The striking influence yeah, there. That'll, yeah. that'll be, that'll be really cool. I think they, I could see Pac not even really flying during that match a lot. Just a lot of, just no, beating the crap out of each other. For sure. I think it'll be awesome. Okay. So the next little segment we had was a Jade Cargill promo, which was, it was good to see her back. This was brief, but she's <laughs> in the back. She's getting her hair done. And, uh, she essentially says like, isn't it convenient that Brandy decide that Brandy decides to get pregnant as soon as yeah. as soon as Jade Car- <laughs> as soon as, as, soon shows as Jade up. shows up? She's like, as soon as yeah. I show up as a as an as your opponent, you decide to get pregnant. She said, she said, you know what? I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait patiently for you to find an opponent for me. Um, Shaq called out Cody. I called out you, but I'll face whoever you line up for me. And I thought it's totally going to be red velvet. It will be red velvet for sure. That's why they did that run in or that mm-hmm. interaction between the two. They and good for red velvet getting a high profile storyline. It's good. It'll be, it'll be good. Um, red velvet's a better wrestler than Brandy at this point. So I'm, yeah, I'm happy for that. Um, <laughs> there is a little bit of a logic leap here, which is not their fault. Cause they, they weren't able to do it. Obviously the, the pregnancy, was a bit unexpected. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been running that angle with Brandy. Um, yeah. But uh, there's a little bit of a logic leap because there was no actual match challenge laid out between Cody and Shaq, nor one between Jade and Brandy. Yeah. So, like, she's talking about how... They've just been talking trash. Like, Shaq challenged Cody. Well, actually, no, he didn't. Um and <laughs> Jade challenged Brandy. Well, actually, no, she didn't. Yeah, there's no match. I really think that th- <laughs> if Brandy hadn't gotten pregnant, there would have been a tag match at yeah. one of the New Year's Bash shows. Yeah, the something would have happened. So it's like they sort of had to fudge it a little bit there. So I don't want to be hard on them, but it's just like it's just like mm-hmm. wait, 
You're telling me that these things happened, and they did not happen. Yeah, we talk <laughs> about this every week, Jade, and I don't remember this ever happening. <laughs> I would, I wish they would put Jade in a match with somebody prior. Yeah, just have her beat up some jobbers. Yeah, just for a couple weeks, so that way everyone can see her what she's Let like. Let her give someone a ring. big boot. Yeah, because she's got an amazing look, so yeah. we just need to see what she's like in the ring. Especially when Shaq said, you know what, Brandy, you could learn a thing or two from watching Jade. Yeah. Like, watching Jade do what? Yeah. I've seen her talk. She's good at talking trash. Yeah. And I'll, so is Brandy. So. She's good at looking real good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next segment was Kip and Miro. And it's Kip and Miro at the ring. They say that they have, they're going to announce their... Um, the the announcement for the for the wedding for the when when the date will be but they said first we have a little thing for you to watch on the jumbotron and they show trent being loaded into an ambulance by uh yeah with with chucky t and orange cassidy and it came out afterwards that trent actually tore his pack the week before which i actually noticed in that match he he was holding his arm close to his chest at one point he was wrestling with one arm yeah, I noticed that. I thought he was just selling, but... And I remember noticing it at the time, but then I forgot. And then I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah, but so apparently he's out for a few months. So that's unfortunate, but it looks like we'll see Orange Cassidy and and uh, yeah, Chuck Cassidy and T tag together. For... And they have yeah. before on the Indies. They were the Gentleman's Club mm-hmm. with Drew Gulak, I think, of all people. Yeah. Yeah, Drew Gulak... I always forgot that he was on the Indies, but man, he used to be all over the Indies before he signed with WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he that, was like in Chikara too, right? He's one of that mm-hmm. the ants. Yeah, yeah. So it cuts back to the ring, and it's Miro and uh, and and Kip there still, and they announce that yes, we will be having our wedding, and it will be taking place at Beach Bash, which is in February, I believe, on February third. And my reaction is, oh my god, February third. That's like that's so long. Why couldn't we just be doing this in this two already, weeks? Please, <laughs> like, please, just cut to the chase with this. We've been. Yeah. This is like, it feels like half a year. Yeah, we've been. I love Miro so much, and I just want to see him move on from this. I want to, to see like, a get, feud. Yeah, like a feud that he because his match with uh, Sonny on Dark when he put that game over on Sonny that was awesome. That was a good match. <laughs> they didn't just squash Sonny, so that was uh, yeah. That was nice to see. Yeah. Um, okay, so like, cool, but I need, I need, it, I need it faster. February, so we're gonna go through all of January without, yeah, a conclusion to the storyline. So that's mm-hmm. what five, six more episodes before we yeah, get and then to it. It's a, it's a wrestling wedding, so you know it's not gonna go off without a hitch, and it's probably just gonna continue. end up killing Miro. Or killing mm-hmm. a Kip during it. Yeah. Like, that's what we all know this is getting to. He's going to feud with Kip. And he's going to mm-hmm. destroy Kip. And he's going to get his victory in this feud. Let's cut to the chase. <laughs> yeah, just move on to where he's facing like Darby Allen or someone like that already. Like they did the whole thing with uh, King of Kong um, <laughs> way back in the I summer. I all about that. That was in the summer. I forgot all about that, yeah. Like, ugh. Anyways, like he's another guy. He's a, he's in a serious holding pattern at this point. Mm-hmm. Like he can't yeah. move on to the next storyline until he's done with this. But this is taking five months to get through. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like Miro, and I like the best friends in Orange Cassidy. It's just, it's just gone on for way too long. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Miro fan, so. Mm-hmm. Anyways, and his birthday was yesterday too. So oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday to Miro. Miro! Okay, so then Dustin versus Evil Uno. This is match number two that was a sleeper hit. Um, yeah, it was. It was basic. It was by the. I say by the numbers, but not in a, not in a demeaning way. I mean it. No, in, I know what you mean. In like an old school wrestling way. Yeah, just two solid workers going in. These are just two crafty veterans, being <laughs> crafty, and teaching us old school psychology. <laughs> and uh, one thing that's weird is Dustin using the running bulldog as his finisher now. <laughs> yeah. It's I'm cool with it. It's just but he has that other finisher which looks so cool. But maybe he yeah, he's like spinning neckbreaker finisher or something. I'm not sure. Maybe or maybe because I think back in the late '80s, early '90s, his finishing move was the running bulldog. So maybe well, maybe that's why he's doing it. He just wants to run it back to, a bit. He just needs to bring back the shattered dreams from when <laughs> he was gold dust and he kicked people in the nuts. That was like when I was like 13. That was like the coolest move ever. <laughs> Yeah, th- this match was cool. I liked this match. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, uh, like I said, it was a basic wrestling match, but like very good, like higher higher score than the pack match, for example, which uh, was a little, which had more high flying stuff in it, but mm-hmm. less wasn't as clean. This was clean. Yeah, they did exactly what they wanted to do, and they did it perfectly but it wasn't a spectacular thing. But I love watching these two guys. They're just, uh, they're like comfort food. Yeah. Evil Uno's so good, man. I love Evil Uno. Like he, I was so yeah. mad at people when they when they weren't enjoying Evil Uno and, and Stu Grayson. I was like, no, but they're really good. It's like, just watch yeah, no, Evil I... Uno. The, the, little, the little details, the little intricacies of his mm-hmm. mannerisms and how he moves around the ring. When he's outside the ring, he's always tripping somebody. When he's... As soon as the ref's back is turned, he's poking somebody in the eye. Like, everything's very small and subtle, but, like, purposeful yeah. with him. He's very much... He's a comic he's book villain. wrestler. Like, he's like, mm-hmm. he's like a... Yeah. The Penguin. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's a good comparison. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I just, I find him endlessly entertaining. And he is mm-hmm. so surprisingly athletic. Yeah. Like, even, like, even, like, aside from the senton, which is crazy, um, but, like, even how he, like, jumps over, even how he gets around to the turnbuckle to go up on it, he, like, uh, he, like, floats over the turnbuckle yeah. in like the most athletic and smooth looking way. You're just like, how did a man this size just transition mm-hmm. onto the top rope like that? Yeah. It's very cool. I'm uh I'm always endlessly impressed by him. Okay, so the next thing we had here was Sean Spears cuts one of the Best promos I've seen on AW in a long time. Yeah, this is like his best promo ever, probably. Yeah, since before uh, Dynamite. Mm-hmm. He cut really cool promos to this effect 
when uh, they were doing the Spears versus Cody mm-hmm. um, heading into Bash at the Beach? No. Double or nothing. Double or nothing, yeah. Um, yeah, but the, this is awesome. He uh, He says that he bet on himself when he came to AEW, but it hasn't been any different for him. He says you can change the three letters in the company name, but for guys like him, it doesn't matter. You can never, you still can never break through the glass ceiling. And he he holds up the the black glove. He's like, this doesn't matter. He tosses it over his shoulder. He says he has, he says he's more talented than ninety percent of the people in in this locker in this locker room or any other. Um, he said. The without a shadow of a doubt, the only people who have anything bad to say about him, who have any doubt in him, are within this company, are in management. He said he is mm-hmm. supremely confident. He knows exactly what he has, and he arrived hot as hell in the company, and he's been digging out of a hole ever since, and it's a hole that he was put in by Cody and Tony Khan, um, and then. Tony Schiavone asks him, he says, so you don't see yourself as the common denominator in all of these scenarios? It's always, you're always there. You're always part of this. And yet it's always you who, uh, who's uh, in these situations. And then he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm aware that this is what people think, but how dare you say that about me? I don't have to put up with this shit. He storms out. Um, yeah. And he says, I'm not coming back until the EVPs and Tony Khan. Or he's like, no, he says, I'm, you can tell them that I'm not coming back until I feel like it. I'll come back when I want yeah. to. And since that time, he's actually been taken, taken off, off the website yeah, from the website. roster page, yeah. which is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is awesome. And I'm wondering if he might show up on Impact. They should have him show up on Impact. That'd be really cool. I think it'd be like, great. And he's the type of well, guy... I guess there's not too many indies right now, but some indies too would be really cool. Yeah. Um, he would be... He's the type of guy... Like, he strikes me as an impact guy, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of his level. And that's a place where he... He would show up and be the best talker in that company. Yeah. And he could be yeah. a star there. Because he is a good worker. It's just... He just he hasn't had a good character. His character is just bland. Um, mm-hmm. There's nothing to it. I hope he gets new theme music. Whatever comes out of this, his 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 whole everything about him just doesn't fit in. Like uh, the mohawk, the music, the ring gear, the the little sparkly scarf that he wears, the mm-hmm. the white contact lenses that he wore for one match and then never wore again like they're just even tully they it always seemed it was just like it was like he was a creator wrestler yeah like just selected random little parts and slapped it together but like the guy can talk so if you put a mic in his hand as you can see by this promo this is fucking fire yeah this is a really good promo <laughs> Yeah, my main thing is I hope whenever he does come back, he has new music because his music does not fit him. No, nothing at all. Nothing fits him. Nothing. Yeah, it's all completely random. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Somebody hit random on the creator wrestler, like you said. Yeah, it's like it. 
he uh he, he's the perfect guy he will do really well from some space and then he's the type of guy who would do well in a group which there was the hints that he would be in four horsemen at one point yeah. um that's still they no one ever squashed that so it's possible that that could be how he comes back later down the road after some time and he just needs to come back and make an impact mm-hmm. and it'll be <laughs> maybe on impact, impact. <laughs> pun intended the <laughs> dunch but yeah it'll be uh i'm now i'm genuinely excited to see what happens when he comes back so good for them yeah and that's what you want too so he some intrigue yeah they created some interest with me because like he was he was the piss break match or the piss break mm-hmm. match like if you had to go For sure. away like it's his match cuz nothing mattered in his storylines anyways mm-hmm. i digress um so the next segment was Sheeta versus alex gracia and i really liked this this was cool um uh yeah it was uh, there's one thing I didn't like in when we get well, to it. I'll, I'll, yeah, I mean, I'll tell talk me, about it. obviously. Uh, it's uh, at the end with the Abaddon stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind the biting. It's just uh, right after she got bit, they were all selling it up like, oh, she's hurt. Somebody get some help out here. And then JR just cuts right to, hey, don't go away anywhere. Coming up next, we got the Young Bucks versus the Acclaimed. Like, just completely moved on <laughs> yeah. from it. Like, that, that kind of took me out of it. But other than that, I, I liked everything in the segment. I just like, uh, maybe you shouldn't have just done that i know you got a, a tv show to run to get to the next match but it kind of just undersells that this lady's laying here with her neck bleeding yeah from like a zombie bite yeah you know you're, you're not wrong okay mm-hmm. so let, let's uh let's do the backstory on this so on yeah. the previous dark alex gracia faced or i guess this week's dark alex gracia faced uh kylan king for the mm-hmm for the right to challenge Sheeta on dark or on dynamite and Alex Gracia won. And it was a surprise because Kylan King has been sort of projected as the next, as the woman to break out from yeah. the, uh, from the unsigned talent. Um, she's been on dynamite a couple times already, but Gracia won. And that was a surprise. And right away I was just like, okay, so Sheeta's going to squash her. Um, but prior to the Sheeta match, Avedon attacks Sheeta prior to the match they were able to pull her apart but she does sheila's she's clearly shaken but she gets down to the ring and is just taking it out on gracia like just Mm -hmm. like vicious shots and you can see the anger in her eyes it's almost like she's in almost like a fight or flight mode from abaddon but she's taking it out on this uh on this dark talent which i really liked and uh then at one point they cut into the crowd and abaddon is in the shadows in the crowd just sneering Mm -hmm. At uh, yeah. at Sheeta, it's just a really cool shot. And then Sheeta runs out. She attacks Abaddon. She pulls her over the barricade. She's attacking her. She leaves her in just this heap, with her her neck and head at a grotesque. Yeah, like, she looks like she got murdered. Grotesque angle. So there's just this mm-hmm. zombie lying outside the ring. She gets back in the ring. She's able to beat Gracia, but in like a quick. There was nothing bad about this match, which was good because Gracia is a. I don't want to call her a lesser talent, but like a more, a greener talent. And uh, mm-hmm. sometimes they can be overexposed. She was not in this. Um, she looked good enough for the angle. Um, 
Sheeta looked really good, and then Sheeta goes back outside the ring with the kendo stick and is poking at Abaddon, who has not moved. Horror mistake 101, Sheeta. You never do that in a horror movie. Why would you do that now? She has not moved. Her head's still at this grotesque angle, and mm-hmm. she grabs the kendo stick, pulls her in. Um, she overmatches Sheeta. Um, mm-hmm. They get this cool camera angle, and she, like, that's close up to them. She, uh, she mounts up on Sheeta and she bites her neck and just takes a chunk out of her neck and there's blood going everywhere. Yeah. And then, like you said, uh, 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 JR's like, yeah. and now JR. time for a commercial break. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, okay. Like all that up leading up to it was awesome. Yeah. Like, like I thought that like segment a horror movie itself. and stuff for yeah, the Excalibur and Tony Schiavone are like, oh my God, this is terrible. And Jared's like, don't go anywhere. We got Acclaim versus the Young Bucks next. It's like, come on, man. You should, <laughs> <laughs> you guys shouldn't have done that. <laughs> that stopped the effectiveness. You should have been a little more concerned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like uh, four and a half for that segment. I liked mm-hmm. it. I really liked it. Yeah. That was cool. Um, some people might not like the zombie and the blood stuff on AEW. Ah, that's fine. Wrestling silly. Do it. Yeah, I mean, her whole character is like a monster type thing, yeah. so it's not. Yeah, wrestling can be silly. That's fine. You can have stuff like that. It's fine as long as you you sell it well and don't like make her like rip Sheeta in half, and then Sheeta shows up next week. That's a little too far. But a bite on the neck—that's something you can come back from. Yeah, unless she just slowly starts turning into Abaddon and. Abaddon's an actual zombie or something. Yeah. But. <laughs> okay, and up next we have uh, Claim in the Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and now the match we've been waiting for. Yeah, so, which was uh, a really good match. I like this match. but <laughs> Yeah, so that we had uh, the Bucks versus the Acclaimed. Um, and I really thought that the Bucks really elevated the Acclaimed in this match. Mm-hmm. Like, especially after last week, which I didn't think last week's match was bad. I thought it was good. This week, the acclaimed looked very good in this match. Mm-hmm. I thought they looked great. I thought the Bucks really put them over. Um, yeah, I thought the acclaimed looked really strong. The acclaimed went for the. Uh, they only lost when they ended up going for the Bucks finisher. They went for the yeah. um, Meltzer driver on the Bucks, and Mel- the Bucks yeah. were able to reverse it because mm-hmm. that's not their move. You screw up when you do that. That's a big heel move. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought this this match was awesome. Four stars. I was very impressed. Yeah, I had a lot of fun watching it. And the Bucks made did everything they could to make the acclaimed look great, and they accomplished it because they can only go up from here. They had, they had a good performance against the tag team champs. Well, that's all you yeah, can really like, say. I mean, the Bucks are so good. Every single person who faces them get elevated to. They immediately jump up a rung above where they were prior. Mm-hmm. Like they made them, they make everybody look so good. They made, like, uh, Acclaim looked awesome in this. I was, and that's exactly what they needed after last week. Cause after last week, mm-hmm. I was hearing lots of people just like, oh, that, that match, that match was trash, which it wasn't, or at least I didn't think it was. Whereas this match was like four stars. I did not see this coming at all. I thought this was too soon for the Acclaim to get, to go into a match with the Bucks, but it was not. Mm-hmm. They, uh, I mean, I know Anthony Bowen's talent, and I know that uh, Max Caster is a good worker. He's a solid worker, if not an exceptional worker. 
But uh, mm-hmm. after this match, they, they've got a future, and I'm excited for it. Even if maybe the rapping gimmick might be rubbing a few people the wrong way. Ah, well, well, they're heels supposed to be. Yeah, they're, they're dipshit heels. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you're supposed to laugh at them. Yeah, even uh, back in the day when John Cena first started rapping, his raps were not good. Well, I remember thinking they were terrible, and then he eventually got good at it, so he could turn around. So. People talk, people have a weird reverence for that. I never liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I, when I, I remember when he first started doing it, I was like, what the heck is this? And then after a while, it, it got funny. Like, oh, I see what they're doing. But yeah, that's it's the exact same thing they're doing with the acclaimed. Yeah, so uh, I thought overall this. This whole episode was uh, unremarkable, but very solid, like last yeah. week. Yeah, I, I totally thought it was going to be a throwaway kind of episode when I first started. I was like, it's going to be on so late. It's Christmas week. They're not going to. But it, it was a solid show. I mean, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the numbers they draw next week because, uh, like, I don't know if you saw it, but SmackDown just draw drew their best numbers ever. Yeah, they 3. had like 3.3 million, million or something like that. Yeah, easily the best they've done in so. a long time. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it looks like people are interested in watching some wrestling right now during these holidays. I'm shocked that yeah. they pulled that number on Christmas of all days. Yeah, maybe it's just everyone's at home already. Yeah, so, so uh, no, it'll be cool it, on uh, mm-hmm. not Christmas or not on New Year's the New Year's Eve, Eve. the penultimate day of the year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so what are we looking forward to next week? We have, I have the card so far in front of me for next week. The first match on it is Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix. Oh, this is going to be a barn burner. This is going to be so good. <laughs> this is going to be exciting. I watched their, uh, I watched their AAA match, and I'm not, I don't, I can't really get into AAA matches in Mexico because of the commentary I don't understand it the crowd is different mm-hmm. the styles of matches they wrestle are a little different but it was still incredible at that time when I watched it so this is just gonna be I don't know Kenny Omega's been knocking it out of the park for a long time now in AEW yeah. he's completely turned that corner this is this is gonna be a th- yeah in this match I know Phoenix is gonna try to they're going to both, for the last show of the year, they're going to try to just go all out. Mm-hmm. And we, maybe this is where we, especially insulting them with the with the impact stuff, like maybe this mm-hmm. is where good, bro- maybe good brothers come out and attack the Lucha Bros or something, and maybe we get a match between those guys. I don't know. Yeah, I can see the, because I'm sure Pac and uh, Pinta will come out, so Kenny could come out with the, the good brothers. There's there's a lot that could happen here because we mm-hmm. we should we should be seeing them this the next two weeks, yeah. So very... and then you could do if the Good Brothers come out with Kenny, then the Young Bucks could get jealous. Well, why didn't you tell us? We've come out to you on all your big matches mm-hmm. and stuff. And yeah, so that that'll be a hell of a match. And then mm-hmm. second championship match of the night, we have Hikaru Shida versus Abaddon. So yeah, I'm so, I thought I could have sworn until I saw this stuff last on the show. That I was like, this has got to be night two because they've been building this up pretty well, and I want to see it. This would be a good night two match. Night one. Night for yep. There we go. Very exciting. So th- this match will be fun. 
This will be yeah. There'll be a lot of acting done in this match. Oh yeah, for Picaro sure. Shida is, is a screen actor as well, so mm-hmm. she she'll yeah, she'll, be, she'll be good at this. Yeah, this is gonna be good. It's gonna be a lot of her getting hope spots and her having to overcome the the horror that is Abaddon. Mm-hmm. Very fun. I'm very much looking mm-hmm. forward to it. And then we have the Hager versus Wardlow match, which I'm super excited about this. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Um, Just big dudes beating the crap out of each other. I haven't seen, I don't know if I've seen a Hager singles match I've liked in AEW. I, well, he had one against Cody that I liked. But uh, yeah. mostly he's been excelling in tag. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm, but I also have not seen a Wardlow match that I didn't love. Yeah, so I hope this match is just, you know, the spots where the big dudes clothesline each other and they no-sell it. I just hope it's that for like five minutes. That's all I want. Mm-hmm. Just War- no-selling clotheslines over and over. I think Wardlow is one of the secret weapons of AW for the next three or four years. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think he's yeah, going to be... He looks like a million bucks. He's got the size. He's going to be a big star. He's going to be a superstar. He's going to be a superstar him. for sure. Mm-hmm. And we have the return of John Moxley. I missed this on the telecast. I didn't see that they announced it, but John Moxley. Yeah, I saw that. And we'll it made be me back. a little sad, just just for my New Japan hopes. And then New Japan's announced that Kenta's he was going to wrestle Juice, but Juice got hurt, so now he's wrestling Kojima for the briefcase. Ooh, so Kojima. No, so no Mox versus Kenta at wrestling. Kojima won't be winning that. No, <laughs> but no Mox versus uh, no Mox versus Kenta this year. But Kenta even put out. What did he say on Twitter that he's defended his briefcase more than Mox has defended the U.S. title? So, can, or, so Mox, you can come wrestle me for my briefcase since you don't want to put the title on the line that's, and stuff like that's that. That's good. That's good. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, but, it's, yeah, it's it's cool. Mox is back. I just I really wanted to see him back in I New know. Japan because me too. That's my honestly that's my favorite John Moxley's in New Japan. I love him in AEW, but his first run in New Japan is like I loved it so much. It was great. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's only three matches announced for next week. So I'm sure that they're they're treating like more. a pay per view. So I'm sure they'll announce. Some yeah, way. there'll be more, and I'm sure the Kenny and Phoenix and will probably go about thirty minutes. And mm-hmm. I could see Sheeta and Abaddon. Uh, that's probably like a fifteen minute match. You don't because mm-hmm. it's going to be like you said a lot of acting. So you mm-hmm. don't want to. You don't want to do. Much too too much wrestling because well first of all she's a zombie mm-hmm. and also she doesn't have much more than one year experience yeah uh wrestling so yeah and she's like type of character that her matches don't need to last too long and no, stuff for sure it's like mm-hmm. yeah you you don't want to yeah, it's it's gonna be a good show next week it will be it will be. i'm excited and when is uh since you talked about the uh new japan when is um Wrestle Kingdom this year. It's January 4th and 5th. Ooh, that's next week. Or it's the 4th. No, not next yeah, week. That's the week the after. The 4th and 5th. Yeah, it's 4th and 5th every year, just depending on the day. So it's a Monday and a Tuesday. No matter what day of the week, the 4th and 5th land on. That's when they have the shows. It doesn't matter. Fan-fucking-tastic. The, yeah, those are I always a pay-per-view of the year. And yeah, it's always like pay-per-view of the year right at the beginning of the year it's always crazy <laughs> i'm the uh i'm the aw guy and uh wrestle kingdom mm-hmm. is pay-per-view of the year i'm slacking on what catching up on my wrestle kingdom i subscribe well, i've subscribed to new japan world yeah so right I, now they're doing their uh their wrestle like road to 
uh, Tokyo Dome show. So it's it's just a lot of tag matches and further storylines. But I'm sure we could do like a, a Wrestle Kingdom preview well, or something. Are there any cool storylines that people should catch up on before we uh, head Definitely the world title picture of Naito, uh, Jay White, and Ibushi, where Ibushi won G1, put his briefcase on the line against Jay White. Jay White uh, won the briefcase from Ibushi, which is like, whoa, I don't, as long as I've been watching New Japan, I haven't seen anything like that happen. And then so, but Jay White didn't want to wrestle night one. He only wanted to wrestle night two because he's the main star. So uh, Naito just announced that he's going to wrestle Ibushi and then night one. So the winner of Ibushi and Naito faces Jay White. And that's like the big storyline going into it is all the, all three of them in the, the title picture. And like, was it the last show they had? One of the last two shows they had Jay White actually beat up Naito and like stole the titles for a little bit and was carrying him around. And he did that. Stuff. He did that tweet where he where he poked at Kenny a bit. Yeah, yeah. Where he said, uh, "He's like, he's like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of a belt collector myself. Although I consider these two belts to be the uh, best in the world, so I don't really yeah. care about anything else out there. Yeah, I don't have to go to other companies to get." the best belts or something like that. But yeah, that's, that's like the main story. Another story that I've been liking is, um, cause I'm such a huge fan of Shingo Tagage mm-hmm. versus, uh, Jeff Cobb. And it's just been, uh, like Jeff Cobb just, cause Shingo's a, a thick guy yeah. to begin with. So, and it's just Jeff Cobb overpowering him. And it's just nuts to see Jeff Cobb manhandle a, a man of Shingo's size. It's, it's crazy to see. <laughs> that, that, that's and then, awesome. I, I love those two guys. Yeah, that's going to be an awesome match. And then there's Okada versus Osprey. It's like the other really big story they've been building. Because Osprey turned on Okada and it started his own faction, the the Kingdom, or I forget what they're called now. Very it's, cool. it's some royalty name because British and all that stuff. But all right, all right, that's a that's a good that's a good recap. Yeah, we'll have to mm-hmm. do. Well, I'm sure we'll do a, a Wrestle Kingdom show recap. Oh yeah, for afterwards. sure. I want to do a review, but. Yeah. All right. So this wraps up our Boxing Day episode. Um, hope you all had a and are continuing to have a very good holidays. Oh, all yeah. things considered, during Try this pandemic, overdo it on eating all the food. Um, we will see you next week, hopefully with some more big news and big developments after next week's episode. See oh, you yeah. later. Peace out.